With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome once again to the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcast. This particular one is the Steelers Q&A where we ask a burning question and you guys answer it and then ask your own questions when we get to that certain point. So with that being said, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. You can call me bad. You could call me anything except for late for supper. That was my grandmother's old joke. Um, and you could call my good friend Tony Defio. Tony Defio, who's with me tonight from behind the still curtain. Tony, what is going on? I am having a pretty decent Monday. Just nice and peaceful. How about you? I'm having a good day myself. It's a uh, beautiful day here in Maryland. Um you know, this would have been a perfect day to watch baseball. Uh, this would be a, uh, a perfect day for lots of things. But uh, you know what? Still doing the the uh, still doing the uh, career thing at home, and hopefully in that end of my life that I'll be uh, back out and about on the street. Maybe uh, maybe next week. So uh, that'll be a good thing. Uh, doing my job. Uh, maybe this might be my last week at home. But with that being said, I just love the fact that we have an opportunity to uh hang out with our good friends in the live chat watching them stream in nathaniel zarate the great dennis sherman uh, sheridan the equally great ryan kellerman equally great cree ezra dill Whitted, and reginald rivers and those are the last ones i'm going to say because those are the ones up on the board but we've got a programming note and it's a very special programming note as much fun as as much of fun as we're going to have today at this hour, I need you later on tonight to tune in to BTSC because we're going to have a very special guest on the show. It's not going to be me. It's going to be Dave Schofield and Michael Beck with a current Pittsburgh Steeler. So that Whoa. is going to be, yeah. <laughs> and I I'm not going notes. to tell you who it is. I don't have that in my notes. This isn't, wow. This is like reality TV. So you didn't, I, yeah, Dave didn't tell you when he was talking to you earlier. Uh, well, no, I mean, uh, I, I was just, I was, I was, I was acting, acting. So he told me. So let's flood, let's flood the live chat. Let's watch that live. It's going to be really exciting. I believe nine thirty, if I'm not mistaken. We'll talk to, about that at the end of the show. So um, definitely check check it out. Um, Dennis Sheridan says who he hopes it is. I will actually tell you it's not Ryan Switzer, and that's the last one I'm going to tell you. Gosh, if it was Ryan Switzer, you know, I'd be on the show because I'm becoming one of his greatest fans. And uh, I would definitely be on that show, but it is not Switzer. But if it was we Ryan will Switzer, have a... would... What's that? If it was Ryan Switzer, if I were him, I would troll everybody. <laughs> he would. But I, I can't give you any hints to who it is, but he will make the... He's assuredly, in my mind, going to make the uh, the 53-man roster. And it's I'm not going to tell you anything about him. I'm not going to tell you whether he's a draft pick, whether he uh, was a free agent pickup, whether he came to the team um, off of waivers, n nothing. Whether he's been here a long time. Um, I can't do that because we just don't want to ruin the surprise. Um I will tell you this, Cree's asking uh, offense, defense, or coach. It's a player. It is a player that will be suiting up um, hopefully come September, if that's what happens. So um, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. But we got to get to the show at hand. And uh, when we're talking about the show at hand here... <laughs> I'm sorry. I I get distracted. My adult ADHD is uh, really coming in. Ryan Kellerman wants to know if it's Frank Webb. Yeah. <laughs> if it was Frank Webb, um, <laughs> which it's not, that's not his name. His name is Ralph Webb. If it was Frank Webb, I guarantee you 
that uh, <laughs> that Jeff Hartman would have to be on that show. We would have to bring him back just for the fact that uh, if Ralph Webb was on the show, um, who he has named um, Frank. But Dave Schofield says hints will be coming on our Twitter, BT Steel Curtain. So um, check that out. And uh, maybe we might have a hint later on in the show or maybe during the show. Um, you will see a hint on the show or hear a hint. Something might happen, but, uh, and it's not going to be Dick Shiner. Dick Shiner passed away, uh, Nathaniel. Um, uh, so did Buzz Nutter. They're, they're both, uh, they're both departed, but, uh, we're really excited. And this is what we've been trying to say, um, on all of our shows. We're really excited about, we're going to try to have guests here and there as we get them. We're, we're, uh, we're really working hard to uh to get guys on the show uh, whether they be retired players whether they be current players um if we can go ahead and do that that would be fantastic that just gives you more and more of the fan experience and the BTSC experience and we're going to continue to do that but we're going to talk about defense right now Tony and if you do have a question for the show let's wait about 25 30 minutes um, when we ask for questions because it'll be uh, better then, so my ADHD doesn't go crazy. But we're going to talk about the uh, major question in hand. And this is a good one. A lot of the questions from time to time, they're like, you know, is this a bad time for the Steelers? Are the Steelers going to, uh, is Ben Roethlisberger going to be back? Blah, blah, blah. Is he going to be truly be able to play? Who's the backup quarterback going to be? But this time around, we have a question about the greatness of the 2020 Steelers and the 2020 Steeler defense for the past couple of years, um, 19, 18, 17, we have seen an increase in one category. And Tony, what category has that been? Sacks. Sacks. The Steelers are definitely sack masters. They set an NFL record the last three years with the uh, most three-year total of sacks, and they did that last year. Um, they have been consistently 54, 56, um, right around there the last few years, and they have been getting to the quarterback, and the Pittsburgh Steelers get to the quarterback. Now, here's something that I want to bring up. When you look at the all-time Steeler sack lead and the sack leaders, we know who number one is, Tony. I'll let you say it. You know who number one is with a bullet. Debo. James Harrison has 80.5 sacks for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I get what you're going to say. Where's L.C. Greenwood? Actually, they actually uh, put L.C. Greenwood on that list at one time. But when he retired, that's when they started putting the sacks in. Um, 1982 was when they started counting sacks as an official stat. So if you really look at the leaders at one point, he was all time until Jason Gilden passed him. But when you're looking at 1982 and beyond, that's kind of what they look at. So any stat that we have is not including Joe Green. It's not including Ernie Stotner and it's not including Elsie Greenwood and the such. But if you look at the top five right now, Tony, you have James Harrison, number one. I just mentioned number two in Jason Gilden, and Jason Gilden has 77. Then there is a divide. Number three is way down there at 60. Do you have any guess who that would be, Tony? Heath Willis. That's number four at 59. Hmm. This be, one um, should be easy peasy for you. Greg, Greg Lloyd. It should be easy peasy for you. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Joey Porter. Joey Porter, Joey Porter is at number three with 60. Keith Willis with 59 at number four. Number five is going to surprise you because you said Greg Lloyd. He's actually number seven at 53.5. Number five is Lamar Woodley. Mm. with 57 for the Steelers. Number six, do you happen to know who number six would be? I'm going to take an educated guess and say Mike Merriweather. I'm going to, uh, actually, Mike Merriweather 
is at number 15 with 31. Number six is the reason we're talking today. And the reason we're talking today is number six is a current player. Oh, TJ Watt. I would have to say TJ Watt for sure. No, not for sure. No, he's not. Cameron hmm. Hayward. Cam Hayward yeah, has 54 sacks. Yeah. Wow, I mean, his him. last few seasons have been lights out. And, you know, Cam Hayward, the, here's the great thing about Cam Hayward. If you look at his first couple years, he was kind of, people thought he was a bust the first two years at least. He really didn't start coming into his own until around the, the third year. I didn't think he was a bust, but took him some time to start showing up there. But he has been, he's been a monster. And he really, you could have made a point for him to be, defensive player of the year last year. And if you look at, uh, and I got to tell you really proud of this. One of our, uh, one of our, uh, major listeners and major viewers in the live chat wrote an article and it was published with Thaddeus Kennedy talking about who in the, uh, he made his debut this week and who could be defensive player of the year on the Steeler team. And he mentioned that his numbers were almost equivalent to that of Aaron Donald, except for forced fumbles. But he had the same amount of sacks, pretty much the same amount of tackles. So uh, that's something that definitely hurt him in that category. So the reason I bring this up, if we talk about the rest of the top 10, we'll just go easy here. Greg Lloyd, number seven, Aaron Smith, number eight, Kevin Green, number nine. And it's amazing. He only had three years as a stealer. And number 10 is Lawrence Timmons. At 35.5. This is why we're having the conversation now. Do you realize that there's three more players that have a reasonable chance to make the top 10 all-time for the Pittsburgh Steelers after the 2020 season? There's three of them. There's, there's one more that would need 17 and he's not the kind of player that would get that many, excuse me, would get that many in a season. But the other three that have a reasonable chance to actually be in the top 10 after 2020 would be, who do you think, Tony? Because we didn't go over this beforehand. Uh, so I'm putting you on, on the, uh, 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 I'm putting you on the snide here. So uh, I'm going to have to go my main man. Vince Williams is one of them, right? Vince Williams is the one guy that will not get there this year. He's uh, 17 away. How's that the 17? Yeah, he right, is, um, he's not 17th. He's 17 away from the top 10. He has 17 and a half sacks, if I'm not mistaken, from uh from the work that I did beforehand. Yes, 17 and a half. He is at number 30. To get into the, the top 10, he would need 18 sacks. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to go with TJ Watt. Is that one of them? I'm assuming because that's why TJ Watt is currently number eleven. He would yeah, need so one sack maybe... to be tied mm-hmm. for number ten. Okay. Actually, and he'd then, be tied uh, for number nine with one sack because there's a tie at number nine right now between Kevin Green and Lawrence Timmons. Okay. Well, just based on pure math. Uh, Bud had 20 coming into last year. He had 11 and a half. So it would be Bud would be the next one. So Bud has 31 and a half. You are absolutely correct on that, which means he would need four to have to be in a tie for the top 10. Um, but he might need, uh, actually, he would probably, yeah, he would need four because uh, we know that uh, TJ is going to get there as well, unless unless something really rough happens. Um, somebody mentioned Jarvis Jones. And I got to tell you, I got to laugh because, guys, I'm wearing Jarvis Jones today. All right. <laughs> I was getting ready to put this one away forever. And I'm like, I saw it. I'm like, yeah, let's wear Jarvis. I, I like the number 95 there. So uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and bring him up. But uh, so, yeah, you've got you've got one. You've got two with Bud Dupree, who is currently 13th, and there's one more, and he's currently 21st with 23.5 sacks. So that means he would need 12 sacks 
to tie Timmons and Green at that, that well, spot? Based on uh, everything we've talked about so far, we have to be to it because if it's not Vinnie Mac or Vince Williams, it has to be to it. And it is. It is definitely Stefan Tuitt, which I could have wore that jersey because I have I have his jersey as well. But um, Stefan Tuitt, I mean, in 12 sacks is not really a stretch for him if he's healthy. Last year, he wasn't healthy. If he is sacked, if he is healthy, then there you go. He would, I mean, it should be no problem. I mean, I mean, it could, I mean, I'm not saying it's a stretch, but it's definitely possible. Robert Sasevich says this. I wish we could get totals for the players before 1982. I think they're out there somewhere. If you look on, uh, I mean, that would take some gathering and uh, that's something that we can definitely do. Um, But uh, really what they look at is 1982. If you had to, but I don't want to, I want to pay credence to Robert Sasevitz there for what he was saying. So if you're looking at those other guys that would probably be in the top 10, if they counted sacks before 1982, you would probably have about, what do you say? Four more guys. Well, yeah, definitely mean Joe LC. Dwight white in there. Uh, Dwight white. uh, Yeah. And maybe uh, Ernie Stotner, but uh, right. but I'm not I'm not absolutely sure. That's uh, uh, yeah. And the great linebackers of the '70s, they they were more in in the pass coverage because they didn't need the blitz because of the uh, front four. So I don't think it'd be them. Yeah. So I'm really not sure. And that's something we could go look at a Jack Ham. We could look at a Lambert as well. We we can look at some of those guys. Um, you can even look at Banazak. I I don't know where Banazak would be as well. There's guys you could look at, and that's something that uh, if I could ever get some time, I would go ahead and do. <laughs> I know but, uh, um, the great Deacon. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, I know the, the great Deacon Jones, the legendary Deacon Jones, he, he was on some NFL film show one time back in the 80s, and he said just, you know, on his own time, he counted – all the sacks he had on on film, and he had like a, he said, according to him, he had 180 because obviously he played well before the uh, the uh, sacks became an official stat. So he said he had like 175, 180. So, and he was one of the most prolific pass rushers of all time. He just happened to play before before it was an official stat. So, I'm thinking Mean Joe and LC would be up there close to probably 70, 80, 85. So if you look at it, so I just looked up Jack Ham, his career statistics, and this is a cl- in, according to Wikipedia, but his career statistics include 25 sacks, and he retired in 82. So, you know, if you're looking at that, or maybe it was 83 when he retired, and you know he didn't do that all in one season. So um, if you're looking at that, he would not be in the top 10. But so, and we know that LC would have been. So that's some something that we can, I mean, that we can go ahead and look at and look at some of these guys. And I'll probably do that uh, in the future when I'm screwing around and, and we can bring those up. Um, that'd be great. If anybody wants to look up guys like, uh, we know LC, but if you want to look at what Joe Green's total would be, what a Banazak total would be, what Jack Lambert would be. Um, throw in Ernie, Ernie Stotner as well. So if anybody uh, in the live chat wants to, do some research for us right now. Feel free. Um, I just did it while I was still talking. So uh, that's something that uh, we can definitely do. But here's the thing. This is what begs the entire question, though. Could this be a renaissance defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers as far as sacks? Could this be the sack era for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Oh yeah, I mean they're they're definitely at, at the height of their powers right now, and maybe even not even there. They might may not even have reached that point yet. I mean, you look at if you look at the, those defenses from the seventies, there there was no doubt that they were going to put heavy pressure on a quarterback every year. And same with the uh, the ninety Splitsburg defenses and the defenses of the two thousands, uh, Dick LeBeau's defenses. So yeah, I mean at, at the rate they're going with that front seven that they have with TJ Bud. 
uh, Tuick, Cam Hayward, you mentioned Vince Williams. Yeah, and now Devin Bush, those guys, they're, 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 there's not going to be a, an issue with putting pressure on a quarterback. It's not going to suddenly fall off the table. You know, they're, they're all still young, and and, 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 and and I think some of them are getting better. So I think I think this can go on for another two or three years. Okay, so we don't know the answer to this question. A lot of people, I mean, that are Steeler fans, will go ahead and say this. They will say that they really think that TJ Watt will be a lifetime Steeler and retire as a Steeler. We don't know that. We don't know how contract negotiations will work out. It just seems like it right now. We don't know. But I did this last year. If he stays healthy, and this is just based on last year's numbers, take 2019 out of the equation, but going into the 2019 season, he had 20 total sacks in two years. If he would average 10 sacks a year for the next six years, and I'm talking including 2019, um, we're going in the time machine here, but he would have had to average 10 sacks a year for the next six years to be 80, to have 80, and be a half behind Debo. So now he is 34 and a half. So he needs a total of 46 sacks. And that's it. He needs 46 sacks in his career to be the all-time sacker in Pittsburgh Steeler history. That is that is really where he's trending right now. If right. something happens that Bud Dupree comes back and plays and signs a contract and continues his career and ends his career with the Steelers, he could be number one or number two. He could be the all-time sacker in Pittsburgh Steeler history. My money's on TJ just because of the contract situation and the fact that, and he's younger, but you never know because we don't know what health is going to come into play. But could you see, I mean, like I said, it'd be unheard of to say that a guy with an eight-year career here could be the all-time sack leader. That is a testament to this being the era of the sack, Tony. Yeah, and it's. I think it, it, it shows you. Somebody mentioned in the live chat uh, the improvements over the in the secondary over the last few years. How they slowly rebuilt that secondary. It's gonna. You're not gonna have to sell out with the blitz like they were. I think two years ago they they were, they had they blitzed 39 percent of the time. Last year was it was all the way all the way down to 36.7. So you're not gonna have and, and still they led the league with, with pressures at 180. So when you have pressure coming from everywhere, I mean, how can you how can you double team TJ Watt right? And and if Bud Dupree comes back, or if Alex Highsmith uh, evolves into a, a, a solid number two or a, you know a strong side linebacker, then then TJ is going to going to be able to keep wreaking havoc year after year. I mean, they didn't talk about Lawrence Taylor slowing down at any point until he, until his uh, golden year. So why would you know TJ Watt? I think he's he's only he's only getting better. He's getting better each and every year, and I think the arrow is still pointing up for him. So. As long as they, they have a, a suitable guy on the other side, and plus, as long as they're bringing pressure from from every direction, like they have been with that front seven, then yeah, I think I think he's he's going to be a uh, he's going to be the the the, the all time guy, and, 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 and sooner rather than later. Now, here's something about the Steeler defense for 2020. Now, can they continue being on the sack trend? The first thing that anybody's going to say is, wait a second, you just lost six and a half sacks with Javon Hargrave going. Um, have you really improved on Hargrave? And here's what I say to that. Yeah, you're going to lose six and a half sacks, but you have everybody, you pretty much have everybody else that got you those sacks with the exception of Chicolo that might've gotten you one last year. But you've got Hilton back, who gets you sacks from the uh, the secondary. You also have Stefan Tuitt, who was on a roll. He was the dominant defensive lineman before he got hurt early in the season. You have him back. You've also are going to have more of a presence from Tyson Alualu this year, 
who Tyson Alulu is one of those unsung heroes for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He really is. He was an unsung hero on that defense last year. He's a blue collar guy that uh, that does good things when he's in there. And uh, really, things could have been a lot worse with without when you when to it went down. Now it wasn't as bad because Alulu was there. Still was not Stefan to it, but Alulu was pretty good. And then you also throw in the fact that you've added Chris Wormley in a trade. Now, Chris Wormley is more of a uh, a run defender, and he's a dynamic run defender. He really is. He's very good against the run. So he's going to have a lot of presence, but he might be good for three or four sacks in there too. And you get three or four sacks from him. You get a few more than the, I believe, four and a half that you got from, uh, then you got from, uh, excuse me, a Lulu. And then you're making up for it. Now, somebody mentioned that uh, um, I was corrected there. Someone mentioned that uh, Baron might have had a couple in there too, and he did. Um, but you're going to, you're, you'll find a way to make up for that with whoever is in that spot. So there's some really good things going on on here as well with this team. You have a bright future as far as sack, sackers. And we talk about this team all along. Health. If this is a healthy team, if Ben Roethlisberger stays healthy and the defense stays healthy, this could be a Super Bowl team. But that's ifs. That's big ifs. But if it happens, they've got they've got the players to do it. They need the luck. Right. 2019 was the biggest no luck year I've ever seen from the Steelers. Would you can you think of a bigger no luck year, Tony, than 2019? As in your because you've got a 40 year history as being a fan, like I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just from the standpoint of losing their best player early on and, and, and having everything that happened with Antonio Brown, uh, him not coming, him getting traded because he just had a falling out with the organization. Yeah, it's hard to. It's hard to uh, think of a worse one. And then, and then the guys you were counting on, like Juju, he, he had problems with injuries. And, and of course, James, James Conner did. So it's just your, your offense was never at, at 100% strength. And then, you, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about a new offensive line coach with John Surrett, you know, replacing a legend like Mike Munchak. So yeah, everything that, that, that they just never really had a, a fair shake last year with, with, the offense. I mean, you would have liked to, to have seen one of the young quarterbacks come in and, and really, you know, catch lightning in a bottle with one of those two guys. But you know, it, it just it didn't happen. They're they're like a lot of young quarterbacks. They struggled. So no, I can't think of one. Especially when you consider all as high, you know, high expectations that that everybody had of them coming into the year. No, I can't think of. You know, maybe uh, two thousand fourteen when Le'Veon Bell went down at the end of the year. He was your meal ticket, and they lost him right before the playoffs. But other than that, I really can't think of one in, in recent times. The other reason that we can go back to uh, the defense being as solid as, as it was, and here's a guy that took a lot of guff from me over the uh, over the last years, and and uh, I kind of uh, I kind of uh, held back on that last year because I liked what he did. You brought in Terrell Austin to help out Keith Butler, but wh- where Keith Butler really showed why he's been here for such a long time. He had more attention to the outside linebackers last year um, with Joey Porter being uh, relieved from his duties. Then you had Butler, still the, uh, the defensive coordinator, but he was working with those outside linebackers and he made a big difference. He definitely made a huge difference in the life of Bud Dupree. If anybody... It, when Bud Dupree gets on his knees, saying a prayer for Keith Butler, because Keith Butler helped his career, really helped jumpstart his career. I mean, restart his career. He had a sack renaissance. So that's a, that's kind of what I'm looking at here. Everything is lined up for them to continue to be the sack masters of uh, of the league, 
and be the sack masters of Pit in Pittsburgh Steeler history, Tony. I agree. I agree 100. percent I think th- I think this defense is, is is in a really good way right now. I think they have a lot of a lot of tremendous talent in the front seven, and and they have a, you know, they they, you could say they got lucky with the secondary because Joe Hayden was was cut, but they were aggressive in getting him, and you could say they were lucky with Mickey Fitzpatrick because he was disgruntled and went out of Miami, but they they were aggressive and went and got him, and they were aggressive with Devin Bush to go up and get him, so. You know they, they've really done a, a great job with with rebuilding this defense, and I think it's it's going to be a strong unit for at least the next two or three years. I mean, it's already been it's, you know last year was just the beginning, right? So I don't see it just falling off the table anytime soon. I think it's going to be it's going to be here here for a, it's going to be on top for a while. Now I asked for questions for the show, and we're going to go into that right now. If you had asked a question earlier in the show. Please re-ask that if you want that. And remember, you do have the super chat. We have the super chat feature that you can go ahead and go to the top of the queue. If you want to go to the top of the queue and uh, get in here and uh, you know pay some of your hard-earned cash that will uh, help us, uh, you know, uh, with the cost of the show and maybe for some uh, giveaways, please do so. Um, I'm hoping to uh, spend some of that money to get Tony a mic just like mine. And I know he's resisting it, but uh, we're going to get him there. Um, so uh, Nathaniel, Nathaniel Zarate, I finally have it right. How many catches will Banner have this year, Tony? One, maybe. I'm going to say zero. <laughs> but uh, I would love to see him get one. Um, that would be absolutely fantastic. Dave Schofield, he always says this, and I appreciate that he says this that when you see Zach Banner come in, then you know that they are going to go ahead and run the ball. So I would love for them to be a little more imaginative as far as that goes when he comes in. So it's just not, uh, it's not telegraphing your every move. Snowman. When will the Steelers start signing the draft picks and offer sheet players? That's interesting, Tony, because I, I really, uh, they would probably start doing that sometime in, you know, late June, early July, but everything's thrown off this year. Do you think that might be thrown off because of the pandemic as well? Because they're, they're putting money aside for it. The money's there, the, the five and a half under the cap or so that they have is for, practice squad guys for for uh, new guys for the entire roster that's why they haven't spent too much um in the last month or so where they could but do you think that's uh that's going to come up pretty soon it should I, I read something today where they they might start training camp in, in mid-july you know just to get the, the players uh uh you know assimilated to their you know to their training camp so it's just a mere formality i think because they're these are all slotted uh, you know uh, positions like right i mean if the 10th pick it's slotted a certain uh, way the, the the 50th pick so it's just, it's just a formality it's just a matter of 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 when they decide to to move forward with it and do it i agree that's uh something that we just have to stay tuned and i think uh other uh other fans are doing the same thing with that as well. Um, here's a great question. If Bud, it's X Eddie B asks, if Bud gets under five sacks, do we keep him cheap? You know, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I think you do. And but that only, only if he is not healthy. Right. I mean, it, only if he's healthy and gets under five sacks, you can keep him cheap. I still think this team would. I don't expect him to be under five sacks. Um, I expect him to uh, have another really good year. However, my thought on him is if he's unhealthy and he's under five sacks, teams might pony up the money for him if they believe he's healthy at the time. I could be wrong on that, but that might be uh, that might be the way that you keep Bud. But do you really? Uh, then you've then you're back to thinking, all right, is he, is he really worth it to keep? And I think they would think he's worth it, but then you're going to have that asterisk there. Tony, what do you think? Yeah, I don't, I don't see 
any way he gets under five sacks if he like you said if he if he is healthy i mean he he picked up his game so much last year he's such a great athlete and 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 as long as he's he's healthy with tj watt on the other side and again with all the pressure they're able to generate on that defensive line and with with vince williams and everything i i don't see any any way possible he, he could get less than five sacks if he if he is healthy so yeah i yeah. Bottom line is, I think they're going to have to they're going to open up their pocketbook for him, and I don't know if that's all too realistic with what they're going to have to pay TJ Watt. But I've been wrong before. I've been wrong again. You know what? I I kind of expect them to pay him um, if uh, if they can. Um, but if he gets under, I, I just don't expect him to get under five sacks. And I, uh, when I said I expect him to pay him, I've already gone gone ahead to my next question. So please excuse me for that. I'm. It's my ADHD again, but uh, you know, if Bud does get under five sacks, I, I think you keep you still keep the guy, but uh, you might be able to get him a little cheaper. I don't know how much, but you possibly could. But I just don't expect that to happen. Great question, though. Um, before I get to the next question, you know what? I read Snowman's question. I did not thank him for the five dollars, so thank you, Snowman. I do really appreciate you throwing that in in the super chat. Now, read over and asked the question that uh, I started to answer. Does Cam Hayward end up getting an extension beyond this year? I think they pay this man. I think he's a lifelong stealer. Um, they're going to find a way to pay Cam Hayward. Um, I don't know to, uh, I really don't know to the expense of who else, but I think Cam's a priority on this team. What do you think, Tony? Yeah, I mean, at, at, at this stage of his career, he's—I I think he's already probably had his biggest contract. So you're, you're not going to have to—he's uh, not going—it's not going to be a long-term deal, you know, four or five years. I mean, so at this point, he's probably looking at, at probably two-year deals from now until the time he retires. So, you know, as, as long as it's 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 a reasonable annual salary and you know, and guaranteed money and everything like that, I, I think they'll be able to keep him around because they're going to have to—they're going to have to. Find somebody else if they don't, because all you all you have left is uh, Stefan to it as far as the the really the the superstars along that line. Unless somebody else, one of the youngsters, develops, you know, even Tyson Alualu, he's a, he's a veteran now. He's been in the league. He came in one year before Cam. So if they don't keep Cam, they're going to have to uh, infuse that line with with uh, you know some decent talent over the next couple of years. Do you realize that, and I know we've talked about this before, but you brought up Alulu, who was the number 10 pick in the 2010 draft, number 10 overall pick from Jacksonville. Joe Hayden, I believe, was the number seven overall pick with the Cleveland Browns. And then Marquise Pouncey was the number 18 overall pick going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you look at that, and the Steelers, 11 years later, have three of the top 18 picks in a very good draft actually Cree great fan of the show great friend of the show really appreciate Cree as we appreciate all of you that uh, that are in our live chat bad and Tony what will be more likely to happen more interceptions more interceptions or more sacks than last year and Tony I kind of think more sacks um I'd love to see more interceptions but I really think that they're going to have a lot, still have more sacks. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can see them maybe because it's, it's hard to it's hard to to top what they've been doing with the sacks. I mean, if they can just average what they've been averaging, you know, 162 over the last three years, if they can just keep averaging that, that'd be great. As far as interceptions, I mean. You know, nobody wants to throw Minka's direction. I mean, we saw that the last five or six games last year, they just stopped going in his direction. You know, Joe Hayden's is a, a great cover corner and, and, and Steven Nelson. I mean, he was lights out last year. Uh, he barely even noticed him. So I don't even know if they're going to have, have the opportunities to get more intercept, interceptions. So I think I, 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 I want to say more INTs, but it just it, it, the way they've been going with the, with the sacks, I, I have to, even though I, I'm, I'm torn, I, I have to go with, with sacks. I agree. Let's go more rapid fire here. John Trent, where do you see our offense and defense ranking in the 2020 season, Tony Defio? Well, defense definitely top three. 
I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if it, if it fell out of the top five with, with the talent they have. As far as offense, I think it, it's that reversal of a, of, of a few years ago with the offense and the defense. I think if the offense can finish anywhere around the top ten, I think you're, you're, you're in good shape. You know, I'll even uh, give them a little bit more leeway, and I'll say if the offense um, finishes in the top 50%, uh, if if the offense could finish around 16 and up, and I could see, I see them more of a a top twelve defense, a twelve top twelve offense. So I'll go there. Um, defense top five again. Depressed Steeler fan, how do you feel on the running back situation, Brian? I feel better about it right now. I really love what I'm seeing from uh, James Connor. If you listen to Tony's show the other day, talking about. Um, Connor and Juju and their great dedication in the offseason. Look, I know they have contracts coming up, but these guys are more prideful than that. These guys, uh, James Connor says he is a Pittsburgh guy. I know he's from Erie, but he went to college here. He is Pittsburgh through and through. He wants to remain here. And, you know, health is the only thing really keeping James Connor from, um, going from really being the running back that we crave. So I really like the situation because I like Snell backing them up. I like the possibility of a change in pace with Anthony McFarland. You have a guy like Jalen Samuels that might not make the team, but is good enough to, and the same with Kareth White as well. So I think it's a good stable. We'll just see what happens. But with Ben coming back, makes that running back stable better. And the receivers make that running back stable better as well. Um, and depressed Steeler fan, he definitely agrees that uh, going to have a top five defense again here. Um, Ezra asked, now that we're inching closer to kickoff, who's your biggest worry, not including health? His is Terrell Edmonds. Who's your biggest wor worry, Tony? I'd say for me, my, not including health. Jeez, I'd have to say uh, uh, even even if he's healthy, will Ben be the Ben of old? I think that's gonna that's gonna determine a lot. Even if he's 100% healthy, he might not. He might have lost his fastball, right? We just don't know. So, I think everything hinges on Ben. And, and it, it, you know, I I have no doubt he's gonna come back healthy. But will he come back as uh, close to his old self as possible? Okay, that leads into Donald Nolan's question. Do you look at Roethlisberger's last full season when he threw 5,000 yards, or do you look at his six quarters he played last year as an indicator of how he will play this year? Look, I don't know how long Ben Roethlisberger's elbow has been hurting him and how long it's been wrong, but I know those six quarters that he played last year were an indicator of how hurt he was more than anything. So I think you could actually throw that out. If you listen to the the Homer and the Hater show with uh, myself and Lance Williams yesterday, we were looking at the fact that if you can get back to Ben Roethlisberger of 16, around 15, 16, 17, around there, the numbers that he had there, um, with a lot more a lot more touchdown passes than interceptions, then you're going to have a much better Ben Roethlisberger. If, if that... He says that that arm feels better. That elbow is this is the the most crisp he's been throwing, the most pain free he's been throwing in a long time, and I think that includes 2018 when he had a lot of interceptions. Um, I really think that he's going to be better. And we, Tony and I, we talk about this all the time. How many passes that last year in 2018 was he forcing into Antonio Brown? And most of his interceptions were towards Antonio Brown. A lot of that was trying to keep peace, trying to get him from yapping in his ear, get him off his back. And which, you know, I know you have to go the other way, but uh, there was pressure there, even for a veteran leader. He was trying to get, I mean, I, I'm, no, I'm guessing, I'm surmising, but I'm, I'm really thinking, Tony, that if he makes Antonio brown happy then there's less problem in the locker room no oh, absolutely i mean look at look at how how much antonio complained in 2015 when ben was out and landry jones was and michael vick weren't getting him the ball and then he had a, a good game against the chiefs in a loss when landry jones started you, you didn't hear all that much from 
from uh, from Antonio, and then look at that. Look at the game in 2017 in Baltimore. The the uh, the, the, the Gatorade toss that that day, they went by 17 or whatever the, the final score was. I think it was 27-10, something like that. Yet he was on Instagram saying, you know, what what his kids saying. Tell tell them to throw Daddy the ball. So I think yeah, Ben had a lot of pressure when it came to throwing, trying to make Antonio Brown happy. I mean, he led the league not just in receptions year after year, but far and away in targets. So, you know, Ben Ben knew he he had to try to appease Antonio Brown. I think the offensive coordinator knew he had to try to appease Antonio Brown. So that's not going to be an issue this year because nobody on that in that uh, none, none of the skill position players have that kind of cachet. So he's going to throw to worry who he wants to throw. He's the man. Nobody else is really even close to him as far as the status. So, yeah, I think that was a big deal. More, more than we realize. Okay, let's ask John Trent's question here. Does James Conner have a Pro Bowl season this year? Let's go rapid fire. I say yes. Well, he's training, yes. I think he's going to be help, healthy. Bill Wittett. Do you think they play Juju in the slot if Claypool can get up to speed or even use Washington with Deontay on the outside? I think they need to be creative like that occasionally. Tony, last year they didn't have a, they really didn't have much as far as a uh, wide receiver coach because they had, I mean, with uh, with the death of Daryl Drake um, yeah. in training camp, they brought Ray Sherman in. And that was, I mean, but he was pretty much a caretaker. And the, uh, as far as that goes, you really just didn't have, uh, uh, he, he was just watching basically as far as I'm concerned. Now at this point, you have Matt Canada coming in, helping with the quarterbacks. You know, he's going to help as far as the offensive game plan goes. I think they're a lot more creative. Yeah. Well, and, and they're versatile too. I mean, both uh, Deontay Johnson and Juju, they can play in a slot and they can play what X is that what it's called? The number one slot. Whereas uh, um, James Washington is more of a Y, I guess, but th th they're all versatile. And that's the great thing about this. I think Claypool may be the least versatile as, as far as just based on his, his size, but you never know either. Who knows? But I think it's, you don't have to uh, have one guy in any one, one slot, no pun intended. I think you can, you can mix these guys up. It's a match. Ezra, another great one. Ezra Nehemiah. And I never noticed that he had Hall of Fame on his uh on the back of his uh Troy Palomalo jersey. I've always seen that 43 and I've never looked at it because my eyes aren't good. And now I'm seeing it uh plain as day. Ezra, who stays healthier, Ben or Connor? They both need to. But yeah, I think, I think Ben stays healthy. The line's going to protect him. Connor, it's just, I mean, it's just how he gets hit. So I expect Ben probably might have a, a better opportunity to stay healthy because Connor's getting hit on every time he carries the ball. Ben is not getting hit every time he goes back to pass. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I, uh, how, many, how many times does a number one running back touch the ball in the Steelers' offense? I mean, in years past, but it, Le Le'Veon Bell was up to 400. So, yeah, I, I think you have, you have a better shot with Ben staying healthy. All right, here's a question we kind of we kind of talked about before, but we did not. Uh, we now I lost it, but um, we did not really. We did not really uh, touch on this part of it. So Robert Sazovitz um, asked, "Do you think TJ can set the single season sack record?" Now, is that a Steeler sack record? Because he came close last year because the Steelers sack record single season is 2008. It's Debo with 16 and he had 14 and a half last year. Um, I think he can do that. As far as the NFL sack record, which I believe single season record, is it 23 now, Tony? I think it's 23, yes. 23 and, or 22 and a half. And who, who even has that now? Is it... Uh, because I know, I know Strahan had it back in, uh, got it back in two thousand one. So uh, let's let's go ahead and go to my good friend Google single season sack record NFL, and I 
for some reason, I think somebody got ahead of him. And now it's still the 22 and a half from Michael Strahan and the 2001 season. And I do remember Brett Favre just going down yeah. <laughs> and helping him along with that. That people were like, what's, what's up with that? I mean, it's possible for TJ to get that. I don't think TJ needs to because the sacks are, are coming from elsewhere on that team. Um, if he continues to keep on being around 15 or break the single season record with 16, he's he's just as efficient. Um, that Giants team that uh, Strahan did it with, I don't even know if they were a playoff team that year. Um, so I'm really looking more at the fact that they all are, uh, if the team's in the 50s, Again, and if they're higher than sixty, then that's just a dominant, a dominant defensive uh, year with the sacks. Um, here's here's the thing. Um, Donald says uh, this isn't a question. He just says I think Ben will have his best year statistically, and uh, we were talking about that on the show yesterday with uh, Lance and myself. I really, uh, I really think so. Uh, you know, if he's healthy, he's going to have a great year statistically. He doesn't have to though. He even if he his yards are down, but and the running game's helping him out. If he has has a thirty eight hundred yard set um, passing year and not a forty eight hundred yard passing year, he's still having a pretty good year. His sweet spot really is anywhere between thirty eight hundred and forty one hundred, and those were Super Bowl years for him when he's had those kind of numbers. So I think that's uh, that's something you're looking at. Ezra asks this: Who do we hope has the bigger year, Juju, Connor, Ebron, or Minka? Hmm. Ah, wow, Tony, I'll give you that one first. I think as far as what the running back means to the Steelers offense dating back to, to the days of living on bell. I think if Connor has a big year, I think it's going to, it's going to bode well for, for, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, Minka, I mean, he, he, it could be him, but, but I think it's more important that it's, it's, it's uh, James Connor because I think if he has a, a big year and I think everybody else is going to fall in line, Juju, Ebron, and of course, you know, the defense is separate, but, but, yeah, if if Minka has the if he's the Minka of last year, I think I think we'll be okay with that. Even if he's not the Minka stat wise as he is was last year, it doesn't matter. And I'll tell you why. So let me I'm going to hit on all these guys real quick. But Minka, for me, the last eight statistically the last eight games of the season, he wasn't getting the interceptions. Why? Because they only threw his way two times in those last eight games. That's how dangerous he was. So if you're a defensive back and you don't have the interceptions, but you don't have the targets against you, you're doing something right. And that's right. exactly what Mink is doing. So uh, statistically, I mean, it's the eye test with, with a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick. He's going to have a great year, but you do not need him to have a bigger year than these other guys. Ebron is going to get targets he's going to get red zone targets but there's other guys getting red zone targets switzer is going to get red zone targets mcdonald is going to get red zone targets watt will get a red zone target one or two and you still have the receivers juju smith schuster is the one guy that i feel sorry for here because everybody says juju has to have a great year juju the thing about this with the great stable of receivers that they have Juju, if if Juju has say 800 yards and eight touchdowns, that's still a pretty good season. If Deontay Johnson has the same type, if Deontay Johnson has 800 and six, if James Washington has 705 um, touchdowns, if uh, Chase Claypool has 500 and five touchdowns, you know what I mean. You don't have to have the blockbuster, the uh, Antonio Brown great numbers. You just need to have the stable of receivers to go crazy. So I'm saying, Juju, if he's going to be judged on stats, then that's going to not bode well for him. 
But you've got to right. look at the big picture with Juju and what he's going to bring next year. Juju's going to have a good season. You just might not might. It's like Fitzpatrick. You might not see it on the stat sheet. James Connor, you hope to have the bigger year. So I'm agreeing with you here because James Connor, a big year means a healthy year. Healthy year is going to bring a big year. So it goes it goes hand in hand. Right. So you right. need James Conner to really have that bigger year. So that's where my hope is. I hope they all have good years. But really, I think you need Conner to have it. Um, so there you go there. Um, and everybody's saying, you know, like, if uh, if he stays healthy, sure. Um, and that's the big thing is health. Portna Quenba. Can we trade Mason for Josh Rosen? I mean, you could. Um, I don't think they want to. They are more invested in Mason Rudolph than we are here. And I'm beginning to see that. They want to see what their what their investment brings. They see something Monday through Friday that we aren't seeing. Um, so definitely. And some people could actually say that... Uh, you know, that Mason Rudolph, you know, is a disappointment, but, or maybe the fact they're just, uh, they're just protecting the fact that they traded up for him. I don't agree with that. I think Mason Rudolph is something that when they are seeing them every day, they're seeing something that, that they really like. Um, he, here's the thing about Josh Rosen. He did not supplant. He really didn't supplant the guy in uh with the beard and the the million kids in uh hmm. the the old man from Harvard in Miami he did not supplant Ryan Fitzpatrick and you kind of think that uh that he would have and so that's a red flag too we might be looking at more of a name in Josh Rosen than anything and uh when that window, I mean, that window might be closing on him and that might be, that might be the thing, but we know that he was a top 10 pick and then you're like, Hmm, we should go ahead and trade for him, but he might not be an upgrade, Tony. No, I mean, it's, it's, he's, he's bounced around a little bit now and, and I was high on him coming out of college, but he just, uh, you know, if, if, if you have to wonder why he hasn't gotten a, a shot at this point. I mean, coaches aren't in the habit of, of, uh, of uh, squashing the hopes of, of really talented young quarterbacks unless they have a reason. So maybe he's not what, what, what many people thought he was coming out of, coming out of a UCLA. That that's it. And you, you know, that's really what you're looking for there. Um, you, you never know. I mean, we've seen quarterbacks, Mitch Trubisky. I mean, are you guys trading for Mitch Trubisky right now? I mean, Really, I know he led them to the playoffs and everything, but really, Mason Rudolph could have led them to the playoffs last year, maybe if he was playing the last three games. There's a Mason Rudolph's record wasn't as bad as what you saw, but the play on the field down the stretch was rough. But gosh, we were praying for Mason Rudolph to stay. If he would have stayed healthy in that Jets game, they could have, they might have won that game. Yeah. Absolutely, and, and you you never know if Mason Rudolph is in that that Bills game, and that's the game Dave and I went to together. It was it it could be different because really Duck was forcing it, and that he was really forcing it. Everybody knew he was going deep, and it was just uh, it was Duck season that game, and then it started, and they got the book on him. Um, the, there you go. Akree says Ben doesn't need great numbers passing, just needs to keep his interceptions down. That's it. Ezra says if Connor kills it, pack your bags, gang. We're going to Tampa. Um, I just looked at the clock, Tony. We are so close to the one o'clock uh, hour. So I do have to uh, go ahead and uh, we got to wrap it up. We can't hit that one hour mark. So I got really excited. So let me just say to you, all of you tonight, guys, tonight, at, I believe it's around 9.30, Dave Schofield, Michael Beck will have a special guest who's on the Steelers currently right now. Please check it out. Check it out. If you can't check it out, 
Check it out on any of your uh, platforms that you go ahead and stream on. We have a great we have a great guest coming on tonight. He is a current Steeler. I'm really excited for it. In fact, I'm really excited for it. So um, that's all I've got to say about that. But Tony, just when you think you've got all the answers. We keep changing the questions. Tune in later. All right. I love you guys in the live chat. We really appreciate you. Tune in tonight. We'll see you next time.